Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. I am really excited to dive into today's show for a lot of reasons. Uh, I am really fascinated by this person we are going to be having on today. His name is Harold Kronk. He is a Hollywood film director, and he's not just any director. Harold is the mind behind God's Not Dead. And so I'm talking the original God's Not Dead. This is the guy that directed that film, that brought that film to life, working with so many amazing actors and crew. And we're going to be talking with him not only about God's Not Dead, but also about his film career in general. How did he get into Hollywood? What did that look like? What was the path that God had him on? And we're going to be looking as well at some of the other movies he's done, Unbroken, Path to Redemption, he's done What If?, do you believe? There is so much to unpack and talk about there. But before we welcome Harold to the show, I want to actually point you over to the PureFlix Insider. If you go over to PureFlix Insider at insider.pureflix.com, you are going to find a ton of great content. Just a couple of articles to point out. And again, this is daily content that inspires you, that uplifts you, that gives you information on Christian entertainment, on faith. One story that I want to pinpoint here is Candace Cameron Bure. Uh, she recently was praising her daughter and praising God uh, because her daughter got baptized. There's a cool little video of it. Uh, but you get a chance to hear Candace's heart as a Christian parent and just how amazing it was to see her daughter Natasha get baptized. We've got that story. We've also got some great uh, singers appearing on American Idol, Christian singers who really just wowed the judges. We have an interview recap with uh, gospel singer Mandisa. She's talking about depression and mental health, and you could check all that out. But if you're looking for spiritual inspiration as well, you can check out stories like six Bible verses that will inspire you to live a more fearless faith. I could go on and on. There's tons of content. Head over to insider.pureflix.com today. And look, with no further ado, we just got to get Harold here. Let's just dive right in and welcome Harold Kronk to the Pureflix podcast. Hey, how's it going today? Great, Billy. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Now, you are one of the minds behind some great films, God's Not Dead, you directed, um, Unbroken, Path to Redemption, and the list goes on. And I want to talk about those films, but I, I actually want to dig into your background because I know a lot of people love to sort of get a sense of, you know, who's behind the camera, where did they come from? So take us through how you got, and I'm sure this is a loaded question, but how you got into Hollywood. Oh, yes. Uh, it's a great question. Um, so my dad was a public school superintendent. And my senior in high school, I told my dad that I wanted to go to art college to be a filmmaker and an artist. And he said no. And, <laughs> it didn't uh, go over well. I no, it. It, no, but uh, <laughs> my dad was very wise. And he just he loved me and wanted to make sure that I had some sort of stability within my life. So it was actually amazing, um, amazing advice. So I went to college, got my art education degree. And I was a high school art teacher for a few years, um, and I used my summers off to pursue my, my passion for filmmaking and, and sculpture and the arts. 
And um, so, yeah, so it was great advice that my dad gave me. Yeah. So you, you always had an interest obviously in the, in art then, right? There's all different kinds of art, right? Filmmaking is one form of art, but this was something for you that I would imagine from an early age that, that intrigue and interest was there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned how to draw uh, through comic books, um, through, uh, through Stan Lee's book, how to draw comics the Marvel way. Um, before Stan passed away, I actually got the opportunity to meet with him and, and say, Hey, Stan, I just want you to know, man, um, you inspired the heck out of a, a kid from small town, rural Michigan, a town w- with one stoplight. And I was actually in Beverly Hills that day directing a commercial um, and, and got to meet with him. And, and uh, he gave me his personal business card for Powell Comics with his cell phone number on it. And he said, let's get together. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never I, biggest regret is I never I never wanted to like call in that chip you know i never wanted to be the guy that, to call him and say hey i'm gonna let's go stan but um it, he was just so respectful and and kind but um but yeah so i learned how to learn how to draw through through reading comic books and um i had a, a, a good art teacher when i was um, in elementary school mr hines i don't know if, if mr hines is still around but i remember him playing his day um and uh yeah so then i went on to college and um, i really got involved uh with sculpture I love sculpture. And then I realized that through my drawing skills and my sculpting skills, it was just, it was just building a, a bigger arena for me to, um, to tell stories in because I've always viewed artists as storytellers. And, um, and so my, my skills kind of just led me into in, the film arena where you're basically telling a story within a big, a big sculpture. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that too, because your, your dad's advice was really good advice. You go, you're teaching, at what point do you say to yourself, all right, I, I want to now take that step into that dream, into that movie making, you know, you mentioned commercials, into that Hollywood arena? Yeah, so while I was, while I was teaching, I did a short film uh, with a couple of friends. And um, through a, a school in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the time, it was Compass, Compass College of, of Cinematic Arts or uh, Compass Film Academy. Um, I, I did the short film and we put together this little sizzle reel and uh, the college was very supportive. Um, they they provided some some interns and some equipment and and it was a you know it was a nothing no budget film but um, I was luckily had a couple of producers on it Andy and Dave Phelps who are really good friends of mine to this day um, who really supported me as an artist and let me create some visuals and. And through Compass Film Academy, um, they made a connection with Ralph Winter, who is the producer of the X-Men series uh, from the 2000s. Incredible man, incredible guy. Um, And I met with him actually in Los Angeles and he looked at the teaser and he said, you shot this in Michigan? I said, yeah. And he said, you know, you really ought to consider this being a career. You You should really think about moving to Los Angeles. And I knew as an art teacher that I very rarely would encourage any of my students to go on to art college unless I really saw something in their talent uh, that made that gave me confidence that I wouldn't be pushing them in a wrong direction for a false dream or goal. And I thought, wow, if Ralph's telling me that, that carries some weight. Um, so I, I talked to my uh, lovely bride and um, I said, what do you think about this? And she said, well, we should pray about it. We did. 
And it's pretty amazing how things played out. Some things that we were very specific in our prayers about, okay, if this is supposed to happen, God, we, we need, you know, this is where we're at. This is what we would love to see happen. And, um, you know, God's never late, but he's also never yeah. early. <laughs> yeah. God's yeah, right no, that's on time. so true. That's so true. And, and I'm sure your career has shown you that. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. So about, about two days before we were supposed to sign our contracts for that next school year, um, we got a phone call that changed our lives. And literally it was this domino effect of all of the things that we had prayed for just fell right into place. And we ended up in Los Angeles um, it, within, within two weeks. Wow. Okay. So you end up in Los Angeles, you start on this path. Now, obviously I remember because I was a journalist covering, you know, God's not dead. I was covering the film and, and sort of the, in the early moments of, okay, this movie is going to get pushed out. Could you have ever imagined, and I want to get into how you connected with God's not dead, but could you have ever imagined that that movie would have been as big as it was? There, obviously I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams would have expected it to be anointed the way it was. Um, I will say that during the production, there was a moment where I, I pulled Mike Scott aside and it was after, it was after one of the, the, um, it was after one of the performances, but I'm not, I won't get into details on that, but I pulled Mike aside and I'm like, I'm like, man, something is, something is going on with this film. And I think, I think we have something here and I think it's going to be significant, but, um, but I, you know, no one could have ever predicted the success that it had. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was monumental, the success of it. And so you, let's just backtrack a little bit again. Cause I want to, I want to sure. make our way into God's not dead. So you end up in LA, you were, you said it was two days before you were supposed to sign that contract. So that's a big leap of faith because you know, for a fact, here's a guaranteed job that I have teaching, right? Um, right. But you go and you follow the dream. What? How long did it take for things to pick up for you in LA? Um, you know, it was when I got to LA. Uh, that's a great question, man. It's it's all kind of a blur at this point. But when I got to LA, all I know is that I took every single job I could in the entertainment industry to learn as much as I possibly could, as, as quickly as I possibly could. And I was, I was, a, I was, and still am a voracious learner. Um, as a teacher, you take that oath that you're going to be a learner for life, and that's something I take, excuse me, very seriously. And so I was, um, I was able to get on a, a short film that uh, was being done by NBC Universal as an assistant art director. So my art skills were were one of the ways I got my entree into the into the industry, um, and then I became a production designer on a feature film shooting in Ireland. And it's just these these amazing opportunities kept coming my way. Every time I would step out in faith, I, that would be rewarded. And I just, I think that's a, a, been a, common, uh, a common theme throughout my life since, uh, since I decided, you know, I think I have this calling to move to Los Angeles and be a filmmaker. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me because then you get to this point where, where you connect with, you know, Pure Flix, the production house behind God's Not Dead. Talk about that a little bit. How did you find out about the film? And what was it that, that led you to say, I want to direct this? Sure. So um, 
it, my, my time in LA, so we moved out there in 2004. Um, the next year, I actually did another short film called War Prayer, inspired by Mark Twain short story. It was written by Rick Schwartzwalder, who is an incredible uh, Christian writer. Um, and uh, again, my two good friends, Andy and Dave Phelps back in Michigan, helped uh, produce this film. And I won Best Director at the Beverly Hills Film Festival in 2006. Um, that connected me with a Christian production company um, that, uh, that I became a partner in. And, and I learned so much in my tenure at that company. And then in 2008, Michigan uh, was about to put in some, some tax incentives. So after spending you know, a couple of years at that point in Los Angeles and, and seeing that a lot of people were just more focused on the lifestyle and about taking meetings and drinking coffee at Starbucks, this is not a Starbucks ad, by the way, but I do like their green tea. Um, that I decided, you know what? I'm going to go back to Michigan. I'm going to put together a group of, of business partners, investors. I'm going, to, I'm going to open a studio facility in Michigan because growing up in West Michigan, it's an amazing community. I love it here. It's beautiful. Uh, the summers are incredible. The winters are um, is equally as beautiful, but a little cooler. Uh <laughs> Uh, we got six inches of snow yesterday, actually. Um, yeah, just a little, just a little cooler. Just a right. little cooler. Uh, so I, I put together this group, uh, Jeff Sang and, and a couple other uh, folks, Steve Effendulis, um, entertainment attorney Larry Meyer Weinberg, and we set up the studio in West Michigan. And so we started bringing uh, films to West Michigan, and the first film that we were able to bring to our studio was um, was from my good friend Dallas Jenkins. And the film was called What If. So What If was the first film that we produced at 10 West Studios in Manistee. And that's uh, that's how I got to meet the guys at Pierfoot, just through Dallas. So, yeah, and, and obviously Dallas Jenkins has gone on to The Chosen. And, you know, there's there's so much. You know, I love what a small world it is, too. You know, the, the Christian film community and so many people yeah. who are friends and who have built friendships and worked with one another. And so that's a little cool piece of, of history there. You go on, you do God's Not Dead, and you've done, I mean, you've done so much. And as you sort of look at, you know, where God has had you, what has been the most rewarding part of making these films for you? I have gotten, I have just gotten uh, little, little subtle pieces of confirmation from God that, uh, that, that I'm still doing what what he what he what he wants me to do. I don't know how else to describe it, man. I've um, look. The, everything's not everything's not uh, roses and rainbows over here. Um, you know, it's sure. hard work. It's it's rough. Yeah. It's a struggle. Um, I've I've never read a review of any of my work, but my friends tell me I shouldn't <laughs> uh, because anything that has a has a faith element. Um, to it usually gets destroyed by critics and you see the, dis the discrepancy between how is it possible for something to have a 18% Rotten Tomatoes right. critic score, but have an 80 some percent audience score. You and know, it happens so, a lot, by the way, that, yeah. that happens and you know this and, uh, and anybody watching this right now, the audience loves it. The critics are brutal, right? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of been how I've gauged my successes. I don't look at, I don't look at, like I said, I've never read a single review. I don't, I don't listen to, to the critics. For me, it's two things. It's the audience cinema score and, and it's the box office. And 
Um, as long as I'm, my films are receiving A or A plus cinema scores, that means the audience that bought the ticket to go see the movie is feeling filled by the film and the message. And, and that's, um, that's one of the things that keeps me going. But um, yeah, just, I have a passion for, for this, for this industry, for, for telling stories. Um, I feel most alive when I'm on set working with artists to bring stories and characters to life. And yes. uh, it's been, a, it's been an incredible journey journey. I'm so thankful. There's been a lot of speed bumps. Um, uh, and um, you know, we've, it's, it's been trying on, on my faith. Um, and, but it's always, you know, if you, you're always going to get sideways, you're always going to get off the path, but if you always come back um, to, you know what, God has a purpose for my life and I'm going to trust in him and, and step out in faith. I've, Time and time again, it's been rewarded. Well, and I was going to say, this is your journey, right? You had again, you had the teaching job. You were doing. You could have stayed there, you know, finished your career out. You took the step of faith, and you said something else really important. You know, all of us, no matter what we do, whether it's filmmaking, whether it's working at a store, it doesn't matter what we do. If we feel that that's what we're being called to do, and we're listening to God, you know, we can be busy doing a lot of things. It doesn't mean that those are the things we should be doing. And so it sounds like your journey has been one of listening and following. And it's not always going to be easy, like you said, but but the the payoff in knowing that that's where God wants you. I don't want to overlook the fact that you know, in 2014, 2013, 2014, the the major impact that came as a result of God's Not Dead. I mean, from your perspective, as the person who directed this project and really brought it to everybody, what do you think the impact was? Because it seems like that was really the start or the reset of a lot of the faith-based projects in Hollywood. I'd love for you to reflect on that a little bit. Yeah, that, that question might be a little above my pay grade, but I think I can speak to the moment when the, when the film came out. I think at that time, there was really starting to be some... some uh, negative negative connotations put toward Christians and Christian faith and conservatism and, and I and I think that that film gave people a voice uh, at the box office it made a whole lot of noise um, and I just remember thinking man people people love this film people love the and people, but people also love the movement behind this film and want to be part of that. And uh, so that's that I think is what caught people's attention. That you know, there's a there's an audience here that's maybe not being served as much as they should be. Yeah, and you and you said the word movement, which is so accurate, right? Because I mean, God's Not Dead has been a series of films now, um, but that first movie kicked off a real movement of people feeling represented, feeling like they had a voice, feeling like this movie really hit the nail on the head and addressed a lot of the issues that that believers were feeling. And that was a huge moment. Um, now I have to pivot before we conclude here because I wanna talk about something else you're working on. You have a new book out, you have a new kid's book out. It's called The Beard Ballad. And, you know, now hearing your whole art background, it's really kind of cool to see you move into that direction of a kid's book. You know, it's a very different kind of project. Talk a little bit about the Beard Ballad and, and why you wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for a long time, I had been looking for books to read uh, to my son. I have a seven-year-old son. Um, and there were 
just there were not very many things out there that were manly and affirming. Um, so one day I picked up Harry and I gave him this great big hug, this bear hug, and, and my cheek rubbed against his and he pushed me away. He said, Daddy, your face is all pokey and rough. And I said, yeah, those are my ferocious facial follicles. Okay, so there's something there. So the next day, um, I went to the coffee shop where I typically write uh, screenplays. And uh, this, this children's book, The Beard Ballad, just kind of fell out of me. And, um, I, yeah, I just it felt like it was given to me, like it was poured into me. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm like writing. And so I put it in a, in a desk drawer for a while and, and got it out, cleaned it up a little bit a few months later and showed it to people. And, and they're like, oh, man, you really need to you really need to do this. And it's, it's this this fun, whimsical story about a kid um, and his dad and his dad calls into work and says, I need a beard day to spend with my son. And uh, they go on their on this manly adventure of chopping wood and growing beards. And uh, and yeah, it's kind of it kind of falls in line with uh, No Shave November, um, and it and it promotes the idea that it's okay to to be masculine and not all masculinity is toxic. Yeah, well, and you know the fact that like there are in I have two daughters, right? So and like a lot of books are are geared towards especially mothers and daughters and even fathers and daughters, but. I feel like you don't see as many books for fathers and sons as you do mothers and daughters. And so it's a really unique project. And you had a little support from the Robertsons, from the Duck Dynasty family, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Robertson uh, was gracious enough to write the foreword for us. And I worked with the family on both God's Not Dead 1 and God's Not Dead 2. Incredible people. And it was so kind and generous of him to do that for me. And and yeah, you know, the, the, the book promotes, um, for me, it's about promoting time spent between father and son because it's so important and it's so precious. I lost yeah, my dad, absolutely. you know, in the last couple of years to, to Alzheimer's. And um, every day I'm just, I, I'm reminded of things that he taught me or shared with me. And, and um, the man I am today is, I owe so much of that to him. Um, flaws and all, dad. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just I wanted to promote a, a father spending time with sons because they're going to be faced with so many crazy things in this ever changing world of ours that if you can create that bond or that that relationship early on that that trust between father and son as they move through their lives and they're going to face all these crazy things we should we should have those young men coming to their dads for advice for the truth for information about how they should respond to a certain situation or not how they should think or feel, but just a father being able to give his son his perspective and advice about what he's been through so that we prepare them to face those challenges that they're going to see on a daily basis. Well, I love that. And where can people go if they want to grab copies of that book? Beardballad.com. That's easy enough. You can also find it on Amazon. Very good, very good. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time, taking us through your career, God's Not Dead, and just your journey, and also talking with us about the Beard Ballad. You got it, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family-friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free trial. 
From kids' content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. And there you have it. Head over to pureflix.com and get your free trial. And I have to tell you guys, that was an amazing story. Just hearing how God guided Harold into Hollywood, had a plan for him. He lived that out. He listened. And here we are. We've got some great, amazing movies. I mean, God's Not Dead, the impact on the Christian faith space cannot be overstated. It is really just incredible. Appreciate hearing that story and that testimony. And make sure you tune in next week for another episode of the Pure Flix podcast. We'll have more great stories for you. And be sure this week to head over to Pure Flix and watch your favorite movies and TV shows. We'll see you again very soon. That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pure Flix on Facebook at facebook.com slash pureflix and on Twitter at pureflix. And be sure to log on today to pureflix.com for thousands of faith and family friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix podcast.